All right, welcome to episode 16 of the YYC Real Estate Show. We got Zach, Shiraz, and myself, Sebastian. And we got a special guest here, Matt Greenham. Um, Very excited to learn about Matt. He's a member of the Green Group with us and the top producer in our team. So we'll learn all about that in a second. But as you know, we will give everyone out there your weekly real estate update. Zach, what happened in the last seven days? Yeah, so this week there was a total of 595 sales compared to last week's 747. So a big drop there, as you can see. In that sector, detached, there's 288. Attached houses, there was 57. Townhouses, there was 98. Condos, there was 171. And full duplexes, there was one. The total active listings this week are 2,501 compared to last week's 2,470. Uh, the total pending listings is 898 compared to last week's 928. So more listings, yeah. less sales. Yeah. Um, We're starting to move a little bit out of that, that seller's market, maybe a little bit. Still a long ways away yeah, from moving out spent. of it, but uh, we're starting to see some changes for sure. Yeah, for sure. The last month and a half, the numbers have been almost the same yeah. within like 20 difference, but all of a sudden we're over a hundred difference. So. Yeah. Out of those, the highest sale was $2.9 million in mahogany. It sold in 14 days. Uh, it was backing directly onto a lake. So a beautiful property there. The second one was 2,449,000 upper Mount Royal sold in 16 days for the full asking price. 1930 built a 0.26 acre lot. I think that was the same, the second highest last week as well. Yeah. I think the first one changed, but the second one stayed. So at the lowest sales was $117,000 apartment in Chinatown and number two being 145,500 apartment in Sonalta. I think those didn't change as well. Uh, today's mortgage rates, the five years 4.94%, three years 5.64% and the two year is 6.14%. So, so a little bit of a slowdown in the number of transactions, but yeah. more listings on the market. So we'll see how uh, coming into the heat of summer here, how things change. With, with the slowdown, have you guys been experiencing any slowdown in your, in your listings? Like people, less people coming through? A little through? bit. A little bit, yeah. I'm seeing less showings. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm starting to see a little more days on market for the generic median properties, right? If you yeah. price something aggressively, it'll go. Yeah. If you're overpriced, obviously it's gonna stay. But for that median, I am seeing like longer days on market. The one thing I'm noticing is, is in the offers, like it used to be a bit no conditional offers. Now you're starting to see people aren't afraid to add a condition. So that's yeah. where I'm seeing a bit of the change, but obviously if someone really wants something, they're gonna go no condition, so. So um, shout out to Ali Nazami at CIBC. He always gives us our mortgage rates and updates. And he was letting me know that a recent poll that his uh, bank CIBC did uh, for Canadians, it found that home ownership continues to be an important goal. While affordability concerns are rampant, home ownership does not have to be out of reach. A solid savings and investment plan could put you on the path to home ownership in the future. The poll that they did showed that 71% say owning a home is a top goal for them, but affordability is a concern. So house prices have skyrocketed over the past few years, um, obviously driven by the initial ultra low rates and low supply, but now with inflation and higher mortgage rates, 80% um, of current mortgage holders have expressed concern about how elevated inflation and rising interest rates is gonna impact their mortgage payments, renewal time, 
So everyone's kind of uh, worried, but yeah. just for an example, if your mortgage is like 2000 and you had like a couple percent, it's only going to go up by two to 300 bucks. So it's, it's not thousands, but some people are concerned. Uh, low supply housing may continue. Uh, two thirds of Canadians expect to stay in their home longer than expected, mainly in response to the current economic and real estate environment. So people are on the fence, not ready and willing to make yeah. a move, kind of just waiting to see how things play out. So. Um, I know Ali over at CIBC does set up a lot of my clients for a long-term goal of home ownership when they don't think they can get it. So they set them up on uh, opening accounts, getting credit cards, yeah. building credit, and it's kind of like a one to two year plan for you to be ready to put an offer in, yeah. right? So given the dream of home ownership, many plan to provide their children money to purchase a home as well. So 63% of respondents with children in this poll that CIBC did intend to help their children with the down payment. So this is important given that almost 80% worry about the affordability of homes. So home ownership, as we talked about, is a top goal, source of pride for many Canadians. Um, so if you want to purchase a home for the first time or move into a home, um, we can help you out here, reach out to us to put a plan together if you didn't think yeah, it's out of reach for you or if you thought it was out of reach. So Now that it's a new month, first episode of the new month, um, it was another record high month last uh, June. So the housing market in Calgary witnessed a surge in apartment and condo sales, setting a new total record with 3,146 sales in June. Wow. Wow. So year-to-date sales are currently 23% lower than last year, but they remain significantly higher than pre-pandemic levels. Yep. So yeah. the new benchmark price, 564700 wow. Huh. That is the new benchmark wow. price yeah, released by Craig. And, and I think it's important for people not to compare last year to just the market in general, because last year was an anomaly, right? It's That's one of those things that happens like every eight years where the market just peaks. Yeah. Right? So so a lot of people, when comparing their home to what even what it is now to what it was last year, now you can get, a like, like you said, a fantastic price, but still, nevertheless, last year is, was just a crazy, crazy time in the market. Right. So. Yeah. So... Um, Obviously, we'd like to give everyone current events because uh, it's the YYC real estate show. So what's been happening around town? Uh, Sebastian, you want to? Sure, I'll give that a shot. Current events. All right. What was first reported as a garage fire in the northwest, northeast of Calgary on Wednesday night ended up spreading to a house and also damaging other homes. The Calgary Fire Department said crews were called about a blaze on Savannah Way northeast at about 8 p.m. on Wednesday. Firefighters found a two-story home and a garage a and a detached garage fully involved with fire and flames spreading to the house next door. No injuries were reported. So that's good. Engulfed. Engulfed. Engulfed in flames. Yes. Uh, no, it says here. Literally says involved oh, in flames. It says involved in flames. <laughs> well, that works too, I guess. I think that one out. I think that one out. Too early. Smith built hats ready for stampede. Have that, you guys, do you guys know about that place? I no, remember I when they were building yeah, it because I, I used to always go to Cold Garden there in uh, Inglewood and it's right next to Cold Garden. Cold Garden is a nice uh, craft brewery place where they don't have any food, but it's dog friendly. You can order anything in there. So it's pretty cool. You sit there, you got your dog, your friends have their dogs and there's like pizza deliveries happening and things like that. Right next to them is Smith Built Hats. Now they're, that's a location, but they've actually been in existence for over a hundred years. And they have not changed the yeah, building I've process. I've for sure heard of that. Yeah. So wow. now that Stampede's in full effect, um, 
this this new current event is like really showcasing them like oh okay. global news went yeah. down there yeah they've been creating hats since 1919 and wow over all, 100 years all same process handmade I've, do, I, yeah, do you know how much one of those hats costs so they range i mean yeah. i don't know so but i mean my hat last year was like 300 bucks wow. it's kind of the same process i'm sure these are you know yeah. close to that or more i mean the handmade processes but yeah, um, yeah, no, the, the thing, thing about cowboy boots and hats is that they last for like years if you take care of them. Like it's for sure quality over buying cheap. Let's see those chucks. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, ready for the stampede. <laughs> yeah. They're broken in? My left kits. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm like nice. six, six in these bad nice. boys. Did you stand in the shower with them? <laughs> I did. You did? I did stand in the shower with them with steam. Nice. Yeah, nice. How long were you in there for? I also duct taped them. Not very long. <laughs> no, when you do as much dancing as I do, you don't really need to. to yeah, I, I naturally enough. break them in. Yeah, he does that pretty sweaty. Yeah. All right. Uh, Calgarians, Calgarians are getting some unusual new options for getting creative with Stampede decorating this year. It's all about getting that Wild West look at a, a really wild twist. Uh, Bleeding Art Industries, a Calgary company that provides props and other items for movies and TV productions is holding a closeout sale as it shuts down as it shuts down its doors, I guess, yeah. Um, have you ever been there? So yeah, if anybody wants to get fresh gear to go to the Stampede, check them out. They have really, really fancy stuff that was used in, in movies and TV for Western wear. And because they're shutting their doors, it's kind of like a, a big wholesale price, right? So, and also some good news for safety as we've seen some negative things in the news in Calgary recently. Um, the city of Calgary is going to strike down on downtown safety. So there's been like a consensus group and the mayor Jody Kondek announced that a new focus group um, co-chaired by the Calgary Downtown Association um, in from the cold. If you guys have heard of that, they're involved with the city. So the focus group's 120 people and they're gonna identify gaps and barriers within the downtown core, uh, but while also finding targeted action-oriented approaches to public safety. So obviously this includes intentional, but also compassionate intervention measures. So the aim is to create a vibrant and safe environment for Calgarians while also ensuring the approaches are rooted in evidence-based decision-making. So we'll see and we hope that things do get a little better, yeah. especially with like people riding in the late hours on the trains and things like that and just being around downtown so it's a good initiative it kind of turned to gotham city there for a bit it, so. that's what i yeah, mean so right good, so. yeah good thing uh, that's that's happening <laughs> i pride i pride yyc i pride myself as a canadian and yeah. part of that is because of um usually predominantly how safe we are but well, I, yeah, don't, I, I don't yeah. like to hear these things in the news yeah, that exactly. all seen no. about like you know some deaths and shootings and stuff so yeah just remember it's not the norm it's you know our numbers are still drastically lower than elsewhere so which is why we talked about on the last episode, yeah. like Calgary was, you know, in the top 10 in the world still to, to live and stuff. So, yeah. uh, but uh, heads up to everyone out there. Remember we had given everyone a heads up to stay vigilant and when you're doing renovations, watch out for scams. Well, there's another new scam going around. So Calgary police are warning uh, the public here in YYC about a cryptocurrency scam that involves scammers who are posing as police officers. Oh, so there that's going around right now. So just, and it's cryptocurrency. Yeah. Thing. So to watch out for that, yeah. they're specifically targeting people that they know have cryptocurrencies. Oh, okay. Posing as a police officer and requesting payment in cryptocurrencies. That's why I got that weird call. There there you go. Go. Yeah. They wanted you to sell all Shoot. your Bitcoin. They did. Ethereum. How many Ethereum did you sell? A lot. Why not to me? Oh, Anyways. No. no. <laughs> Couple coins. 
Yeah. So with the uh, current events out of the way and talking about another record setting June we had, new benchmark price, a little bit of slowdown in the sales, total sales and things like that. So we'll be excited to see what next week brings. I have a new listing coming up in the keynote building. I have the Chestermere listing still. Um, Zach, you have a, a listing coming up here? Uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, what in Auburn, there'll be a house in Auburn Bay coming up. I don't have all the details on yet, so I don't wanna, don't wanna share that just, just yet. Uh, the one townhouse I had in the Northeast is pending right now as of today. Uh, or the condition day is today, so hopefully that uh, is a smooth sale. But uh, besides that, I'm just uh, working with some buyers and getting that stuff going. So, yeah. And Sebastian? Um, for me, uh, I have the one in Pembroke coming up uh, later this month and hopefully a week. It's supposed to be later this week. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully in a week. We'll see. We'll see if things go as planned. Um, also, we, we have do, a we listing. We should do an episode there when it's all rented. Yeah, we should. We should. Also, I have a listing in Cochrane coming up. Uh, and that's the same one, the six bedroom, four bath with legal yeah. suites. And also, I have a new listing coming tomorrow in the northeast of Calgary in Brickstone. It's it's 143 uh, Brickstone uh, nice. Boulevard, northeast. Nice. Yeah, and that's gonna be listed at 359. What about the Redstone townhouse? It's, it's, it's nice, it's a- Is that gonna be listed this weekend? It's gonna be listed tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. Yeah, that is that one, the Redstone. Okay, so you said Brickstone. Oh, I did say Brickstone. Redstone, Redstone. right. It is Redstone. Um, it's yeah, a really cool, it's a really nice one. It is a two bedroom, two and a half bath, but each, both the bedrooms are master suites. So they each have, have an ensuite, suite exactly. with a half bath for the guests. That's a good one. Yeah. No, single no. garage or double? It's, it's a single garage, but it's 35 feet wow. uh, long. Oh, the garage so, long. So they actually Canada. used, they used it really interestingly where they just have the, they made it a single garage and then the other half is like a living space. Yeah where they have a sauna and like TVs and stuff like that. They're just, it's a, it's a really nice. cool spot. Well, yeah. They have a yeah. sauna in there? Yeah, they do. They have a sauna there too. Selling it with the property? Obviously. No, they're not. They're not? It's, 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 it's not attached to anything. It's just yeah, a freestanding okay. sauna. Yeah. Like Kato and special guest again. Well, yeah. uh, special guest. with those updates um, out of the way, didn't you have a CS recently with a teammate as well? Oh yeah, uh, the Airbnb property I listed last week is CS. How many now. days on market before you guys got at CS? One day on market. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I can't talk about the details, but it was, a, it was the first offer was good. Yeah. A client wow. ticket. Nice. Awesome. So that was very, very smooth transaction. Nice. Yeah. And Matt, what do you got going on? Well, with that, uh, well, <laughs> we'll segue into Matt here by first allowing Matt, as always, to introduce himself. Uh, please, one more time, just tell everyone out there who you are and um, what brought you to here to YYC and also what brought you into real estate. Yeah, um, yeah. My name is Matt. Uh, I've been in real estate five years now. Moved out from Ontario about nine years ago. Um, started in marketing out here with uh, some beer companies and Sweet. worked way too many stampede days. So now I avoid avoid that for a little bit here. Um, yeah, I always liked real estate, always grew up watching a lot of HGTV, always looked like I was 12 years old though, so I kind of delayed getting into real estate. I mean, it didn't really change, so I had to bite the bullet eventually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, got into real estate five years ago with Royal LePage, um, joined Green Group probably in that first year, and then it's kind of just kind of grown from there and nice. bounced around a little bit, and yeah, we're back here. What do you really like about 
YYC and if there was something you could change, what would you change? Um, I mean, living in Cochrane, I guess I'd start with what I could change. Like, I mean, accessibility would be a nice one. Like if we yeah. could get a, if the train system extended out a little bit further or yeah. if we had some type of, you know, better taxi or Uber system out that way that brought us into Calgary, yeah. I think that would be, that would be nice for sure. Yeah, you always have to set up like a, a driver or a way to get home when you want to check out a hockey And, and it's a hundred yeah. it's a hundred dollars downtown to come so it's not cheap for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I love coming downtown. Um I love I'm a big hockey guy, so I love going to the Flames games. The food scene here is is a million times better than it is in Cochrane. So yeah, if yeah. you're coming out for dinner, you're definitely making the trip into the city. Yeah. Do you have a favorite spot here, YYC, for dinner? For dinner? Um, not really. I don't know. I just kind of likes them all compared to Cochrane. Yeah, I, I honestly, I have a couple people on Instagram, and I just message them, and I'm like, "Hey, where should I go?" And he'll give me oh, like yeah. three recommendations. <laughs> and, wow! And he's he's a big foodie, so he just uh, yeah, he gives me three recommendations every time, and we just pick one. And that's when, you, that's when you know. That's when you know you've made it. Yeah, you're actually, I ask where you go for dinner. Nice. And um, I understand, for those that don't know, the reason Zachary is in our lives is thanks to Matt here. So tell us about that. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's a loaded story. Oh, man. Um, we have time. Yeah. yeah, so I used to coach Zach back in Cochrane, playing junior. Yeah. And uh, I think it was one practice. You just kind of came up to me as we were skating around, and you're like, "Oh, I'm getting my real estate license." And yeah, I was like, oh. well, yeah. And I didn't even know you're a realtor, and that's the, that's the weirdest part. I don't know if at that point I knew. I think maybe, yeah. but for a long time, I thought he was the one. For, in my opinion, I thought he was the one that would have told you and brought you into. No, no, no. I started my my course before before joining his team, and then I. I think maybe at that point on the ice when I skated up to him and, and, and told him I was uh, finally taking it that I knew, but before that for a while, probably a couple months on the team, I had no clue. Yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't really publicize it too much within the team. Like you're yeah. with kids that aren't ready to buy houses yet. So yeah, true. Let me yeah. start your savings early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it at the beginning yeah. of the show. And then there's one of our coaches meetings, like the two are about hockey. This is about your financial plan. That's right. Yeah. 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 Set yourself up for success. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. And then, uh, I don't know. We just kind of, as the season went on and stuff, like, I mean, we just stayed in touch with, how he was doing on it and everything. And then uh, I recommended, you know, being a new agent coming in and being younger, like yeah. join a team, surround yourself with people who have done it, who've been successful and get that experience and then figure out what you want to do and what you want to go from there. But I mean, you know, me starting young and having some people that I could surround myself that had been successful with it was a big reason why I was able to stay in it and not be one of the statistics of 87% failure rate. Yeah. So I'm a personal, I'm a big believer in, especially with young new agents, like go on a team to start. And then, you know, obviously you're, you're giving up some of your money and everything, but you're going to learn valuable lessons. You're going to avoid lawsuits and you're yeah. going to kind of fast track your career a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. well, yeah, before, before I joined, he told me to come to one of the Asian attraction events that, that we held and I went to the 
the Cochrane office, and I don't think you were there actually. No, no I, you I met you for the first time when you were already. You that was a full one too. That was, that was a full one, and because Pablo, some uh, no, and Pablo, Tim, and Haley were there. Yeah, and it was packed. And then I had to leave early because I went to hockey practice. <laughs> Did but when Haley was talking, I was like, "Oh, this looks terrible." Um, but then, yeah, it's, it's obviously worked out ever since. But. Um, yeah, it helps knowing, like, I mean, like any job or career, it helps knowing someone that's doing it to ask questions. I ask you a lot of questions. I weigh the pros and cons. I kind of two ways I wanted to go, um, whether real estate or, or I was thinking to be an EMT, like I was saying that oh, really? in the previous podcast. So I was kind of like, and then obviously it helps to, to kind of go to these meetings like and the agent attraction and talk to Matt and I haven't looked back. So it's been good. Good. And I still talk to my hockey coach sometimes, which is kind of funny in front of yeah. people, but that's okay. We'll never stop doing that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So, Matt, tell us what you have going on in real estate. In real estate, um, yeah, kind of what you guys are saying with the, the week update, like things are slowing a little bit. Like some of our new build listings are sitting a little bit longer. We're not seeing as much traffic for realtor showings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of that's to do with pricing too, right? Like, you know, in the last three months, we've gone up every two, three weeks, we're going up 10 grand yeah. on pricing because things are just moving that fast. So when you start, you hit a certain point where it kind of starts to level out and then you have to kind of readjust and, yeah. and kind of look at things too, right? And say, okay, does it make sense to keep prices here and slow down a little bit? Or do we need to reevaluate and, and bring prices back down? So that's kind of the stage we're at right now. So yeah, we'll see how it plays out in the next couple of weeks. But I mean, there's still lots, lots moving. Um, Mm -hmm. Lots of people out looking. I know in years past, like you come into the summer months in in Cochrane and Calgary areas, usually you see a big slowdown because you have so many people that are campers and you've got stampede going on and everybody kind of disperses. But now with all of your interest coming from BC and Ontario, your summer is actually going to be really busy because you have all these people coming in that are vacationing here. Right. And, and they're the ones that have the money that are buying. Yeah. And And they're coming to look too. Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, that's kind of, yeah, it's just hard work this summer and, and see, see what kind of what happens from that and just not take too much vacation. Yeah. But yeah. do that in the fall so yeah exactly yeah nice with these new bills that you're in charge of matt and for those out there that don't know matt is in charge of selling uh rohit rohit communities products uh, basically almost sold everything in cochran and now is selling in town as well there's still a lot still coming up in cochran but um my question in regards to that with new bills is do you find that when customers and clients reach out to you they have a show home to go to but how do you show them an example? Do you have a, a list of maybe like a halfway done or maybe a sold property that hasn't taken fruition? Yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, with us, like we have a show home, but it's just, it's one model. Um, so that's where you're really gonna take people who just are more of a visual person that need to see what your actual finishes look like. Um, but the other people who, you know, a little, New builds are kind of tough, right? Because it's mm-hmm. you're never really going to see what your house looks like until you actually move yeah. into it. Um, but our build process is a little different. Like there's no change orders and anything, so it's everything's kind of pre-assigned. So I can find them a property that's halfway done or almost finished that would be 
at least the same color scheme as theirs is going to be and we can go see that one so they can see the color scheme and then I can take them to a different one to show them what the actual floor plan would look like. So it's kind of just, you know, maneuvering a little bit and seeing what's kind of available on the market. Sometimes you have to come into different communities in Calgary and see what uh, we can kind of make work there. But a lot of it, like, I mean, the 3D tours that people can see online and stuff now too, that's a big help because yeah. people can kind of walk through. And usually when people are coming to us, they, they have a really good idea of what they want already. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, do I want this color or do I want this color? Well, I bet you get a lot of that um, generic question, I'm sure, which is, I want the Hudson model with the, you know, hot contemporary, but I want to change the one thing. Yeah. But they're not allowed to change anything, right? Yeah. So just to keep price points down um, and keep the process moving forward with Rohit, uh, we don't, in Cochrane and in our Calgary communities, at a certain point, we don't allow any more change orders. Mm-hmm. Just, and that really gives us kind of that competitive advantage where, you know, a lot of other builders, they're... They will allow you to do it. You're going to pay for it, obviously, to make that change. But their build times are a lot slower because they have to wait to order that product yeah. until they're at a certain point and they're not ordering it in masses, right? Like we, we can pre, we know how many of each color is going to be on that street. So we can pre-order those mm-hmm. and you can get a cheaper price usually if you're doing bulk orders. Yeah. So it kind of, it creates a little bit of uh, a cost savings to the buyer for yeah. sure and you know we're working with designers and stuff on those these interiors and you know i was working in uh montera for a bit which was a state home community and it was yeah. all custom up there and it was really interesting because people they don't really understand what custom means right like you go to a custom builder and you're talking everything in the house they want to know where do you want the lights where do you mm. want the plugs like all those small things yeah and everyone kind of looks at them and they're like, well, wherever you think, right? Like you're the house builder. All I want to do is pick my colors. Yeah. But unless you actually are working with a designer, for most part, people don't pick good colors that go together in a house. Yeah. Sure. You end up, you spend 1.5 million and you end up with a house yeah. that you the don't have to the, thing is, the thing is with like those, also yeah. like some larger builders, right? They have like different options. It's like, oh, tile package one, two, and three, right? But the thing is, you might choose, oh, three is upgraded, it's nicer, it's this style, right? You see like, oh, it looks like a nice you modern- Backsplash back yeah, one. N- nice so, modern yeah. white tile, but then it's all together and you're like, why does this look like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like tinted brown? Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize it was gonna come out like this. So I imagine that having it kind of, kind of preset takes a lot of the stress away from this from the process. Yeah, like the upfront, it's a little difficult for people to get their head around and say, oh, I don't get to pick anything in my new house. But when they move in, they're like, wow, it looks good. Yeah, there's, there's something valuable about giving something, someone exactly what they expect. Yeah, and then from a yeah. resale standpoint too, you look at that and you're like, okay, I picked something that the masses are gonna like. So True. if I go sell that house three years down the road, I didn't do it custom to what I like today, knowing it's that actually, I'm gonna sell it. I never yeah. thought about it that way too, that's a good point. I have two questions. Yeah. Um, first the first one is how long with the row head build, for example, for the people to know from, from the start of construction to it's ready to move in, what's the timeline? How many how many months? Would you yeah, say? so if, if obviously it depends, but if it flows smoothly, if everything goes smoothly and, and weather is a big factor on of it, of course, um, you, you're usually going to be between five to seven months. Okay, so yeah. they're a pretty quick build process, yeah. and it's it's nice because you're using the same trades, right? Like so, you're just building one after the next. 
Yeah, so yeah. the trades are just moving from one house to the next house True. and it's just consistent, right? So yeah, you yeah. get a quality workmanship is what I kind of relate it to where you don't have different trades coming in on different houses. It's like these guys are specialists, they do this house and then they go down the street. Yeah, yeah. And second question was, have you ever had anybody buy a row head house without seeing it in person at all? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. Lots. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Especially. Yeah. Like a lot of your people are right now from Ontario okay. um, that are buying because a lot of the product that we have has side entrances in it. So you can sweep the basements and you can do all that stuff. Right. Mm. And our price points out there, they just make a lot of sense. Your, your rental rate in Cochrane where we're building, you're at about a 0%, 0.1% vacancy rate. Wow. wow. So it's uh, crazy. So, so what, 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 what price point are you at? In, in yeah, we're, we're kind of in that mid, mid fours to mid fives. Mid four to mid five. And and for someone who might be from Calgary, who knows more of the Calgary market and not Cochrane, what exactly do you get for a mid five home? So mid five home, you're getting a detached 1600 square foot house with a lane in the back with a paved double car parking pad there. Two story. Two story, yeah. You're, yeah, kind of your standard two okay. story house. And then nice. you, on all of those ones, you have a side entrance to yeah. the basement too. Wow. So yeah, that, that is good value. It's hard to find something like that in Calgary in a good, yeah. in a good neighborhood, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, the nice thing with these guys too is they try and, I mean, we're still working on the fencing thing, but they're trying to make it as simple as possible for investors to raise. So they're doing the, all the landscaping front and back, which most builders won't do backyard landscaping. Yeah, no. Um, so these guys, they're really trying to simplify it for people that aren't from town, right? And they, they don't so have so connections or contractors yeah. just ready to move they in. They just want to have everything yeah. all done at once. That's a good strategy though. Move a renter in, you don't even have to come out here. Yeah, well, so. nice. So, so you did mention that you might have to adjust prices, right? Like, um, I, I find it hard, you know, like to think that the builder might lower the price, right? Because if, if a neighbor was like, I just bought mine for this much and now it's less, like, I imagine that might bring some. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's never fun if that happens. Yeah. But, you know, you're always just basing things off of the current market conditions, yeah, right? No, so that, that is true. That is it's true. kind of. It's the same sort of idea. Like they have a goal for the year of how many houses they have to sell. And it's, you know, obviously we've done really well so far in the year and we're surpassing that goal. But yeah. if things start to slow down, then it's like, okay, well, what's, you know, the builder across the street doing? Or, you know, we have to start looking at other communities and say, what are the price points there? And where are we, you know, market-wise compared to yeah. them? So it's definitely... Yeah, not, not fun to see yeah. that the house next door sold for less, but it's kind of gone the other way too, right? The ones that got in early in the communities and then, I mean, Shiraz had a buyer out there <laughs> and they've, what, they've already made 50 they, grand. They made it in, in a week's time. You know, we shouted out Ali Nizami at CIBC at the beginning here and I met these clients at a Rohit show home that Matt set up. And they came in, they were interested, they wanted to purchase the detached, the Hudson, more than willing to wait. It was 504900 They said, we're good on the pre-approval mortgage, we, we bank with this bank, I won't mention their name because their pre-approval fell. Yeah. So I said, well, let's not let this deal go, give me 48 hours and let me put you in touch with Ali. And in 24 hours, he had them in writing, pre-approved, ready to yeah, close was, the deal. Was so they got in, at 504900 for a detached property in Cochrane 
and that went up to 519 and then it went up again yeah now it's the last one that we sold we sold out that model on the street for this phase but the last one we sold was at 554. so 504 900 and now you're selling them at 554. Yeah. and they haven't even got the house yet no it hasn't even broken ground yet right on the one that they bought so, so wow yeah they made 50 grand and doing nothing yeah <laughs> and they made it in a week's time like that was announced and literally a week week and a half later the price increased and then it increased again two more times. Yeah. So, so for our viewers, Matt, um, what is the process of buying a new build? I know that you, they're not going to get the house for a year or so, right? So, yeah. like, what happens if they they put in a deposit and whatnot, and you know they lose their job? Like, what what happens and what, what what's the process there? Yeah, it, I mean, it can be a little bit of a tough process, right? Because you have to time things a little bit. Like if you own a house, you have to time when can you list your house? When does your house sell? Are you taking possession at the same time or are you gonna rent? Um, obviously there's delays and builds and everything too. But, and if, for your point of, did they, if they lose their job, like, you know, they've already kind of waived conditions. It's, it's kind of the same as a resale house, right? If yeah. you waived conditions and you lose your job, whatever that deposit is, if you can't actually close on the house, yeah. you're going to lose that deposit. So it, it does make it a little tough. And and, and they can't close on the house. Too um, tough, but not impossible. Yeah. The benefit here in Alberta and why a lot of investors are choosing to put their money here in this province is we don't have these limitations for things like assignment clauses. So for example, my clients, if they you know, said I don't or I can't proceed with the sale, you know, it's 554, they could easily sell it or give me the right to sell it on their behalf for for even less to someone else. And it's a there's no assignment fee, so they can legally do that. So you're pretty much assigning the purchase contract to a, a new buyer yeah. who's going to take over this, this home for you. Exactly, right? yeah. So there are advantages here, but you have to secure a new yeah. buyer to take that property, even if it's for the same amount, mm -hmm. to kind of save your client from having to lose their deposit. Yeah. And that's one of the big things you're seeing in the city with uh, all these condo developments that are like two, three years out right now, is people are putting that 5% or 10% or whatever the builder's requiring with the idea that they're never actually gonna take possession of it. They're saying, okay, right now it's at 300, but in two wow. years time, wow. you know, it's gonna be- That's an interesting four. business. Yeah. So, yeah. and all you have to do is put down 10%, right? right? So it's like, okay, I don't really need the money to close on it. I just have to gamble a little bit that the price is going to go up or it's going to break even. And you know what? If it goes down, then you close on it. And then you rent it out or you do whatever you need to yeah, do. Yeah, it's not really... Yeah, because like, yeah, it appreciates that. Yeah. And from my understanding, it. a lot of time with, with uh, new builds, the pre-sales are a little cheaper than when they actually come onto market when they're close to being done. Well, with, with most builders, it's all business, it's all numbers. So they have to, let's say, for example, there's three phases, right? Yeah. They, they will put a very aggressive price on phase one and sell out all the phase one. Now that they know they have all this money the traction in, helps yeah. they can increase the prices on phase two, they sell phase two, they can now increase the prices on phase three. Yeah. Yeah, so that same product in phase yeah. one, that's 504,900, it's now gonna be 550, 555. Yeah, the, the goal kind of is, you know, you get your first people in, because I mean, you're just breaking ground on everything, right? You're still a ways out, and then it's, you slowly increase, and then by the time you end phase one, you almost wanna be at the spot that you're gonna start phase two at. 
and then you kind of yeah, do the same thing, right? Yeah. So that way it's not a huge jump because obviously we are listing a lot of these properties on the MLS and realtors can see, you know, what the last one sell yeah. for. You don't want to have a jump of 500 to 600 on a house. Like you want to do slow increments to show that it's kind of gone up over mm-hmm. time. Well, you got the data to prove that it's been selling, right? Yeah. Like if you jump from five to six, people are going to be like, it's never sold for that much. Why would you even say that much? But if it's sold for, you know, jumped to 550 and it's sold for 540, it makes sense. People can, yeah. people can, you know, rationalize yeah, that. Numbers talk. Yeah. Numbers talk. So in real estate, as a real estate agent, Matt, we, we talked about it quite a bit. There's a, there's a few different tasks we do for prospecting and everyone has certain one that they gravitate towards. They, you know, these are their their skills, right? Yeah. So some people like to door knock face to face. Some people like to cold call. They're good on the phone. Some people like to, to email or, or put on events. Have events, yeah. yeah. So in your experience, in your time in real estate, is there one avenue of prospecting for new clients that you feel is the best for you? Have you tried them all? What you hate, what you like? <laughs> I've probably tried way too many. Open houses in there too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I, uh, especially when I first started in real estate, I did, you know, I had the shiny object syndrome, right? It was like, okay, I'll try this for two weeks. Ah, it's not working. I'll go to the next thing. And, uh, so I kind of tried everything, but you know, in the past couple of years, I think the best one for me is door knocking, hmm. um, which was kind of funny cause it wasn't like true door knocking, right? It was, I was doing it in the winter. So it was a lot of just flyers door to door and just consistently hitting that same area. And I went to a, uh, a dad's dinner that my wife signed me up for recently. And I walked into it. I don't know any of these guys. They're all from Cochrane though. And two of them came up to me like, I know you from somewhere. Like, I, I got no clue who these people are. And they're like, are you a real estate agent? Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure you talked to my wife like a couple months ago and yeah, I saw your <laughs> I saw your flyers wow. and, and so they kind of it did start to work, right? So and then uh, yeah, that one's been probably the most beneficial I found. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, so I have a question about that. Last week we talked and Brennan came in uh, from Cash and do you think it's better to hit um, what did we say, a thousand doors? or 200 doors five times. Like, you know what I mean? Same area? 200 doors five times. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, because that's, it, that's, it, that's it a common the, theme we've all, all our guests were asking that. right? Yeah, yeah. And it's they need to see your face like at least seven times to remember yeah. it. Well, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's 100% I agree with that because you could do one door knocking round for 20 neighborhoods once a year and they take the flyer and throw it out. But if you hit it six times a year, maybe the sixth time they're, oh, you actually do want to sell or this guy, it shows hard work too. Even if, like, even if someone doesn't read your flyer that you put in their door, they, they have to pull it off, right? And they're seeing something on it. And then if they consistently see that same thing, eventually they're gonna like open it, see what it is. They might not call you then or whatever, but you know, everybody's selling at different times and you have to always be front of mind. Yeah, yeah true. So if you go door knock, and you never come back to that same house, they didn't keep that flyer, they don't remember who you are. Yeah, but it's yeah. all timing, right? It's like, if you can do that, like I found I hit the same neighborhood twice in the same month. Like I'm just, I hit them at the start of the month and they'll hit that same neighborhood again at the end of the month. That way, if they're selling in that month, they're calling, they should be calling me because I'm yeah, the yeah, one that's yeah. there in front yeah. of them all the time. True, true. 
No, I like um, the the aspect of door knocking and face to face and yeah. being relatable in that totally. way. But with that in your flyers, it's like part of marketing. It's like you know, it goes into your subconscious without you knowing it. That same color, that same logo, that same face. Yeah. You know, if a person sees it five, six times, they don't even yeah. know. That's why at a party months later, they're like, I know you from something. Well, and then if you do get a listing out of one of those, and then the neighbor is driving by and sees now the flyer and now your name on the sign. So obviously someone trusted trusted us. Or yeah, trusted you get someone. a quick sale and then you, now you're going out, oh, just sold, yeah. whatever, right? And it's like, yeah. You try not to be too salesy with it. Of course. Yeah, yeah. so are you, you more, because you, you helped me when I first started, more, more market stats for the area is yeah. a good one. For like general information, but not like, do you want to sell right now? Because that's too pushy, too, too salesy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you're just trying to be front of mind with people is more yeah. than anything what you're Yeah, what you're and helpful for. too, because that, that is helpful. If nobody ever buys a house from you, but they're getting market stats, and some people don't know what's going on. Like everybody no, wants a, to know what's happening in in their market, right? Of course, they see yeah. a house up down the street, they want to know what it's priced at. Yeah, they want to know what it sells for, and obviously we can't give them, you know, the actual sales data all the time, but we can give them ballpark numbers and yeah, kind of fill them in. Yeah. Oh yeah, you you know, from where you were two years ago, you're actually yeah. up here now. And but that, that's, that's the thing about this market too, right? We can deliver good news pretty easily. Yeah. Someone who hasn't been in the market for a few years, like your homes are worth this now, yeah. this much. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's easy to like make them, you know, feel proud of what they own, right? Yeah, or what yeah. they could get. So right now is a, is a pretty good time to be face to face with people and door knocking and just getting out there. But I would say even like, even if the market shifted and went yeah. back down, right? Like yeah. it, you gotta really look at it and say, okay, how many people are moving right now within the city like how many own a house in the city and are moving to another place it's probably a lot lower than we think it's a lot of people coming in to the city from other places yeah, true. so if you've owned a house for five years you obviously bought it significantly lower so even if it goes down 10 percent, and now you can buy you can now afford to buy something upgrading you're still in an okay spot because yeah. you bought much lower, right? Yeah. It's, you know, the people that, yeah, if they bought last year and they're trying to resell right now or they're trying to resell next year, yeah. they might might sting a little. Yeah, yeah. But if you bought five, 10, 15 years ago and you're downsizing or something yeah. like that, it really doesn't matter what happens right. in the market. They're going to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah. yeah. No, what I really liked, uh, what you mentioned there, what resonated with me is that uh, when you're talking about um, door knocking and stuff is you said you need to be front of mind. Yeah. So when you're door knocking, when you're prospecting, when you're calling, door knocking, a lot of people get discouraged because they're like, mm -hmm. I'm calling, I'm door knocking, I need a deal today. But that's not the strategy you're going after. It's yeah. you want to be reached out to by these customers, clients, Six months. to be front of mind when they have a yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So you, yeah. you need to be front yeah. of mind. You need to remind them that you're out there, yeah. that you're here. And if they have any questions, yeah. they have your number and contact information. Be it six months, be it tomorrow, be it two years down the road. They'll be like, oh yeah, Matt's been in my neighborhood, giving me updates, I see him around, he listed one down the street. Yeah. So becoming front of mind is, uh, is yeah. what we need to aim for. Not Because um, I see a lot of agents, they they complain because, well, I've, I've knocked on 2,000 doors and I don't have a listing, right? But it's like, that's not work down the drain. Yeah, no. You know, you're building a rapport in those 2,000 doors. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like you might get 10 listings in the next two, three years from those 2,000 doors. Don't get discouraged. 
Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. always ask me like, what what's the best time of day to do it and everything? And honestly, it's just doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like I found I've gone in the mornings, I've gone in the evenings. It's like yeah, in the evenings maybe you're gonna get more people to answer, right? But. In, in the mornings, you have a lot of people that are working from home too, and a lot of people that are out walking their dog or doing yeah, that true, stuff. And true. They, people walking their dog will Love talk to, to talk. you all day yeah, long. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. here, I'm just, I'm a real estate agent. And then all of a yeah. sudden, there's a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and you might not be able to talk to both partners, but maybe one partner's home, right? Yeah. Like sometimes one person works, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, it's true. I mean, unless unless you're going at unreasonable hours, should be yeah, fine. Yeah, don't go seven in the morning. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's not like, a good call. No. Yeah, no. I, what I like to do is when I go door knocking, I go to the same houses. Like when I make a point of if I make a connection with someone, next week when I go door knocking again to that same neighborhood, I'll stop by those guys' doors. And, yeah. and knock on those doors again because I made a connection with them already. Might as well build those while I'm there, yeah. and keep on trying to make new connections later as well. But I find that that's really beneficial too. You don't have to knock the same doors, you know, yeah. two hundred times yeah. or whatever, right? You just got to knock the ones that you feel have potential. Yeah. To to, to create them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it does take time. Like it was four months of no results before we, you know, where I finally got the first kind of listing and stuff from it, but. And well, that, that's the nature of our industry, yeah. nature of our careers. Yeah. It's like it's, our work today yeah. is for a paycheck. Nine years. Yeah. 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 Even longer even. Yeah. Yeah. Mal was telling me as all fellow you know, homeowners and everyone out there in real estate, it's like upkeep, renovating, fixing things. And I remember you were like replacing and changing a patio on a deck at your property and things like that. So something I want to remind everyone that I was given a little refresher on is that um, in regards to RPRs and doing changes on your property, if you remove something, you don't need a new RPR. If you're keeping the same footprint, the same framing, and you change like the top boarding of a patio, you don't need anything. If you have a shed that's 10 square meters or less, you don't need a new RPR. Oh. So there's a lot of things where people think they're just gonna go ahead and order a new 700 RPR. You know, ask your agent, let your agent guide you, and let your agent take care of everything A to Z for you because there's a lot of things homeowners forget and kind of don't understand because the city, believe it or not, is actually not that involved in RPRs. It's these third-party survey companies that are in charge of them and own them and copyright their yeah, signing. Yeah, sure. them. The city just registers it for a small fee. So, for example, um, if you call ARC Surveys, they're going to charge you four ninety-five for an RPR. Yeah. But the city is going to put $180 to register it. Yeah. All they do is put a stamp on it yeah. and register it. So it's really these survey companies, if you have any questions, they're the ones that are going to tell you you need a new RPR or we can just update yours for a small fee, like $50. Yeah. So yeah. you know, don't be shy to ask your agent because I've had some clients that um, got a little overzealous and, oh, I already reached out to a survey company, I paid for a new one, and I'm like, you didn't need a new one. Mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah. they already paid, you know? And, and a lot of people don't end up keeping their RPR when they buy a house, and then like seven years later, they're like, I, I lost mine. Keep it safe, put it somewhere where you're gonna yeah. find it again. Yeah. Also, right? make sure you reach out to the lawyer you just because a lot of times they'll keep it. They'll have a copy too. I did that for a client. Or that yeah. survey company. Yeah. That survey yeah. company has them all on file sure as well. Yeah. And they should be able to, for a small yeah. fee, issue a copy of a new one. Right? Yeah. So. I don't know if you mentioned what RPR means. A real property report. It's a two-page piece of paper, so two, two loose leaves kind of opened up. Bird's eye view of your property with a colored stamp on it. It is required for every sale here in our province. 
So the seller must provide compliance. Yeah, must provide a compliant yeah. RPR to the new buyer. Yeah. Unless, Every sale, unless the buyer agrees in writing, we accept the RPR as is. Yeah. But we accept no RPR. Yeah. But normally, nine times out of ten, you're go- the seller is going to have to provide a compliant one. And and RPRs for condominiums, how does that? It's work? not called an RPR. Um, it's really just like a condominium plan sheet, right? Yeah. It's an additional land title. So think yeah. of it as two land titles. Yeah. For every condominium, there's going to be two land titles. Yeah. And one of them is essentially your RPR, mm-hmm. right? It's required, it's needed, but because it's not, uh, you own a small portion in a unit factory, you own a small percentage of the entire structure, um, there isn't a specific real property report for each unit. So, yeah. so no, it does not apply for condos, townhouses. Yeah. Matt, how can people reach you on Instagram and, and uh, you put me on the spot? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know my Come Instagram on. handle anymore. I think I do. Matt, well, I think it's Matt Greenham Real Estate, isn't it? Dot. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Let's yeah. Someone check. We'll find it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. 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 Matt Greenham dot real estate. Matt Greenham dot real estate. Please give him a follow. Um, At our team at the Green Group, he is our top uh, salesperson. So we're very proud of him and having him do that and lead by example. So yes, you know he is a he's a heavy hitter and he's he's humble about it. And that's another thing I admire. There's people doing far far less and are out there acting like they're doing a lot more. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you, thank you very much, uh, Matthew, for being on. Thanks for having I appreciate having you on and yeah. learned a little bit about you. And um, yeah. everybody enjoy, enjoy Stampede. It's back Stay in Stay safe, stay yes. safe. And uh, we'll be looking forward to a nice, uh, nice episode next week. Maybe we'll yeah. be wearing our chucks. Yes, she will, yeah. for sure. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe.